This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. This podcast is produced by podcastandradio.com. Small Biz. Small Biz America. The Brain. Our guest on this segment is an author, international speaker, and executive advisor. With 25 years of C-suite experience, Jerome Wade is a seasoned authority in executive performance, organizational culture, and leadership development. He calls himself a serial CEO. I've not heard that before, Jerome. You have launched and led two non-for-profit organizations and two for-profit businesses in your uh, career thus far. And I know this about you. You're gifted and you're masterful at writing and speaking. And it's, for you, it's all about authenticity. And you love to share both your successes and your failures uh, throughout the arc of your own entrepreneurial journey, which is a beautiful thing. 2,600 presentations Jerome knows how to leverage the power of story to engage audiences and create transformative moments. Jerome Wade, welcome to the program. Awesome, David. Thanks, man. I'm excited to be with you today and to be with your audience. So your focus, and we've talked quite a bit offline, as uh, we both know, uh, we've talked quite a bit about the area that you focus on called executive fatigue. What yeah. is executive fatigue? Well, when we begin to look at the demands and the dilemmas that executive leaders are facing every day, what I am speaking to now and addressing and providing solutions to now is a global pandemic. Wall Street Journal a number of years ago reported that 96% of all leaders, all leaders, not just at executive levels, but all leaders, leaders at every level, are facing mild to moderate fatigue and burnout. Here's what's staggering. 33% of all executives are at a place of extreme fatigue. So that's why this is so important to me. And the reality is ex executive fatigue is that place when the executive has driven the organization to success and simultaneously has driven themselves into the ground. They are getting everything they want, but at the same time, they're putting at risk everything they love. And this is just an outflow of my story. As, as you mentioned in the intro here, I am a little bit of a serial CEO. I've launched and led numerous organizations and love the executive life, love executive leadership, love the challenges behind it. And a number of years ago, when we were at the top of our game, this was one of the nonprofit organizations I was leading at the time, had begun to experience astronomical growth. Simultaneously, I was leading uh, the first for-profit company that I launched, which was a custom design boutique construction company. Mm -hmm. And uh, both of them were doing quite well. And at, while we were at the top of the game is when I found myself at the end of my rope. I drove so hard, I literally fatigued every ounce of, of my being. And, uh, and, and it's costly. 
And that's the reality of executive life. I mean, executive leaders are under pressure every day. They have decisions that have to be made. They have challenges that they're facing. They have struggles that they have to overcome. Their organization uh, is going to have its unique aspects of um, its challenges. And they are responsible to make sure that they protect and grow the assets of the corporation. And oftentimes what happens is the, the drive to win uh, there's a big price behind that. And many executive leaders, uh, and this is, there's no gender bias to this. This, the, the gender has no limitations here. Um, it's on both sides of the scale where they're both men and women executive leaders are struggling with this executive fatigue. And so helping them, you know, provide or, or helping them see a better way of leading self-leadership as well as leading the organization, leading their lives so that they can get what they want without putting at risk what they love. Well, it's fascinating. And I know you have, as you just told, your own story about about how you could almost have this dichotomous type of experience where you're driving, yeah. driving, driving, and then at the same time, what we might usually call burnout uh, begins to happen. And I imagine it shows up differently for different types of leaders uh, or CEOs or C-level people in whatever business they're in. So how did it show up for you? And what are some of the signs that this is beginning to happen? And this gets under the hood a little bit. And there's some emotional IQ involved with this, I'm imagining as well. But share with mm -hmm. us, you know, how, how would we know if, I mean, you might sense it on some level, but how do you begin to parse out the symptoms? Yeah, well, I think that's a great question. I, I, let me let me differentiate between something here. There is burnout. Uh, executive burnout is a big deal. I, I would say executive fatigue is the next level. Mm. You know, when somebody's burned out, they're kind of burned out. They they need a new start. They need to go find a new career track, um, and and that's fine. And that works for some people. Um, because I am a serial CEO, serial entrepreneur, I've done plenty of startups myself, and I know the, uh, the how exciting a new thing can be. Yeah. But what I'm talking about is a much deeper issue than burnout. Executive fatigue really speaks to the depths of the executive leader. And for me, a number of years ago, when we were at the top of our game, the organization growing, I was working at least 16 hours a day, almost seven days a week, and this was months and months and months. <laughs> Well, I, I just didn't have a throttle. I, I you know, I didn't uh, know how to govern behavior at that time. And um, what what really was the eye opening event for me is that at the 10 year anniversary of the nonprofit organization I was leading, the board of directors sent me away for 10 weeks. This was a sabbatical. They knew that I was wearing thin and they said, Drum, we're going to send you away. They gave us some money and my family and I went and did some fun things. We went sailing in the British Virgin Islands. My wife and I went to Panama for a bit, hanging out just in uh, different communities there in the country of Panama. My son and I kayaked the Grand Canyon. And at the end of 10 weeks, so 10 weeks in a day, when I came back to the office, mm -hmm. I wasn't ready to be back to work. Wow. And that was the eye-opening moment when I realized it, it was beyond burnout that I was struggling with that I was, I had created and exhausted the deepest sources of energy that I have in my, my being as a human, human. And I spent the next several months in search of an answer. I knew that I was going to be in trouble if I didn't find an answer. Well, give it about another 18 months in my pursuit of trying to figure things out and get myself back to a place of strength and health and vitality. I finally got away for a couple of days, actually more than that, a few days in the Appalachian wilderness in Northern Georgia just kind of a, some days of solitude, took a hammock, kind of strung this hammock up on a little creek in this beautiful Appalachian Valley. And it was late spring. So the trees were all blossomed, the flowers, the ferns, everything else was just stunning and beautiful, kind of a, a little bit of a, a avatar setting. And um, I started asking myself a couple of critical questions. 
Because here's where, where I see the challenge for executives who are struggling either with burnout or with fatigue. Their issue is they're trying to address the issue with what I call everything that is above the surface. Just like an iceberg, 10% or less the, of the struggle or the causes of executive fatigue are above the surface issues, meaning structure, staffing, strategy, systems, the space. It could be uh, some other things, financials. It's less than 10%, though. That's the actual drain on an executive's energy. What the real drain is, it's the 90% that's below the surface. And that's what I think is the most revealing aspect of what I've discovered over the last several years of getting myself back to a place of vitality and vibrancy where I'm living and leading passionately and powerfully, where I'm getting what I want, but no longer putting at risk everything that I love, is I had to take a very sobering look below the surface. And so you asked for some of the indicators, you know, how does somebody know that, uh, how can they identify that they might be at this place? Well. A few things that are very important to look at is, well, what's below the surface? Here's a couple of things that I've identified and I even uh, train organizations on this. I speak for events and then in my executive coaching and advising that I do. The first one is this. You will begin to see executive fatigue surfacing when there is this perpetual, unrealistic expectation of performance. It's one of the things that causes it, but it's also one of the things that reveals it. I call it the Superman complex where we feel like we can tackle any challenge day after day, we can keep going, we believe we're the energizer bunny, and so we just keep going after it, but we have these unrealistic expectations, and when there isn't a throttler or a governor to, you know, a limiter in a sense, that begins to tell us we need to slow down or we, we don't need to take these challenges off, we're gonna run our organization into the ground, we're gonna run our own life and leadership into the ground. Yeah, yeah. As you say all this, you're really describing a C-level executive, a business owner. They're demanding their, they have unreal expectations of their own performance, mm-hmm. performance. But there's also the externalities that can come into this, and I'm I'm imagine you're going there as well at some level oh, yeah. in terms of the below the surface piece of this. But yeah. you're talking about an individual who is driving themselves and doesn't know how to throttle back. So. Yeah. Well, and and part of it is that we keep driving executive leaders. It's our responsibility. We've got to keep driving success for the organization. And then we are ignoring the demand that it's taking on us. Right. Another aspect is or unaware. We're just unaware of what's happening. But I can tell you this. The people around us know. Uh, Then there's unhealthy practices. For example, you'll have an executive leader, and I deal with this issue more times than I care to admit, when, and this could be an entrepreneur, this could be really a leader at any level, but the issue is with unhealthy practices, they hold so tightly to the organization and to every aspect of the organization that it creates an unhealthy environment. So they are micromanaging their team. They're holding too tightly. The senior leader has to make every decision in an organization. That leads to unchecked behaviors. What starts happening when that the executive is fatiguing, the entrepreneur, the business owner is fatiguing, is they start isolating themselves. So they'll, they'll distance themselves from the people that they love and that love them the most, whether that's their spouse, their children, their closest friends, yeah. uh, their executive team, yeah. their, their administrative assistant or executive assistant. Mm-hmm. And those are some of the early warning signs that they have moved from mild to moderate fatigue to extreme fatigue. Okay. Because unknowingly, they are trying to hide themselves. Unknowingly, things are unraveling, and yet 
they are trying to mask it by distancing themselves from other people. So that's the technique to this masking or separation. That's, that's yeah. really uh, insightful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The, the biggest one that I want to get to, though, David, is the, the bottom of the iceberg. And, and there's several aspects here that I talk about. And, and my book right. will be published here in the first quarter of this year. But unresolved issues is the key driver. When I sat in that Appalachian wilderness, I asked myself two critical questions. The first question that I asked myself was, what am I chasing? What am I really chasing? Because I was putting at risk everything that I loved. I loved my wife. I loved my kids. But to be honest with you, I'm putting them at risk because dad's now not available. And and this is this was a, a key response for me. I would come home from a hard day's work. Yeah. I would turn on the TV and I was not present with my family. I, I was the executive, what I call the executive zombie, right? Present for people at work but not present for the people that mattered most. Wow. And so that was an indication. I said, so I have to answer that question. What am I really chasing? What's the dream? What's the vision? What's the goal? Yeah. And that gets to though priorities. How do we then realign our leadership, our life so that we are chasing what matters most? And that's all about priority. Yes. What's the most important thing? What's the second most important thing? And so I developed a list of priorities that I actually lead from, that I make decisions from, that I help my clients and organizations begin to lead from so that they minimize the risk of driving their team into the ground or driving themselves into the ground. I love this. You're putting uh, this conscious order around <laughs> what you're chasing and the word chases. So because you really can get sort of seduced by. Yeah. the chase of the business organism and all of these key performance indicators and whatever it is you're chasing and forget that you're a human being with multiple relationships and, and you're just not organizing what's important anymore. You're just kind of throwing yourself at it all at once is the sense I have as, as you describe this. Well, and, and another way to look at these two, David, is that these are energy sources, yeah. not energy drains. Right. 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 So when you are out of order, you don't you're not refueling the deepest places of who you are as a person. Right. And I talk about five core energy sources. These are not uncommon, but it's the mental, physical, emotional, relational, and then the spiritual energy source that each one of us have. Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. when we don't have the right priority matrix, right? The how did you word, word that conscious uh, conscious prioritization? Something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, conscious priorities. When you don't have that in place, you now are putting yourself at risk. You are unnecessarily draining resources because you're not resupplying or refueling your core energy sources with what matters. Uh, Jerome, by the way, our guest is Jerome Wade. The website is Jerome Wade, W-A-D-E dot com. And you have a book coming out. Tell us about that. And then yeah, we'll come back to this. Yeah. The book will be, uh, hopefully it's going to be finished. Right now we're on target for the end of the first quarter of this year. So somewhere oh, around the end of March, the 1st of April. Um, I'm excited about it. One of the things also I'm excited about is launching Overcoming Executive Fatigue, not only as the book, but as an online course. And that will be launching uh, here by mid-January 2018. Brilliant. So I'm excited about that coming um, because everywhere I, I share this, David, everywhere. Uh, in fact, just a few weeks ago in Albuquerque, New Mexico, I was speaking for a group of entrepreneurs. One of the business owners afterward came up to me, and I'm speaking primarily at that event to entrepreneurs and executive leaders, business owners. Yeah. And he said, you know, Jerome, he said, during your presentation, I realized that every single person in my organization needs what you're talking about. Mm. Right? Whether they're so, actually experiencing an acute version of this or not, right? Just to be aware of this phenomenon. 
this yeah. area. Well, or or to look at it this way, it's this is a much broader issue than just executive leaders. Yeah. And but my passion and really my gifting is to help executive leaders navigate life and leadership as well as their organization to maximum success with minimal drain on their their energy sources. And but his point was very well made. And it's, it's this is a global pandemic. Ninety six percent of all leaders are dealing with it. One in three executive leaders are dealing with extreme fatigue. And that's the solutions that I'm bringing. So th- that's what I'm excited about with the work that I get to do because I'm changing lives. Well, uh, really, and, and yes, yes. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You are changing lives and it's very relevant. We hear a lot about media fatigue and news 24 <laughs> seven cycle kinds of fatigue. But here we are dealing with the these business organisms that were growing. And those of us who lead those kinds of endeavors can get caught up and become unaware of a, a range of symptoms uh, that can really do. Uh, so you're changing people's lives by make, first of all, making them aware and then teaching techniques uh, as to how to uh, take that awareness and turn it into a solution, I'm guessing. Yeah. And those no, are my absolutely. words, not yours. You, I, I want to re- reel back. You mentioned unresolved issues, and I'm not sure I, I I want to make sure we cover that. So is an unresolved issue what it sounds like in a business? Sure it is. So look first of all at uh, the the executive life, right? So that gets us to the next question. So what are we chasing is the first question. But to really get to the depth of where the root cause of fatigue is, we have to look at this question. What are you, or excuse me, what's chasing you, right? <laughs> so first question is, what are you chasing? The second question is what's chasing you? And let me just share this simple story of my boyhood years. I was nine years old. Perfect. I was skateboarding from my house to swim lessons. And a half a block down, there was a guard dog that got out of the fence. Now, I didn't know it. I'm on my skateboard going down the sidewalk as nine-year-old boys do. And as soon as I crossed into kind of that dog zone, if you will, the property line, although I'm on the sidewalk, not in the yard, yeah. I'm on the sidewalk skateboarding by the dog leashes out and attacks me. And it was a violent attack. I'm a nine-year-old boy. This is a full-size trained guard dog, German Shepherd. Wow. And I am now fighting for my life. Uh, he he grabs a hold of my back end. I grab my skateboard and and I'm swinging my skateboard as, as uh, fiercely as I can just simply to survive. And, and fortunately, here's just a little bit of comedy to the whole story. Somebody in the neighborhood had reported that the dog got out. So the dog catcher was sitting across the street in his car. But because of state statute, the dog catcher could not touch the dog until he attacked a person. So imagine here this nine-year-old boy is coming down the street. The dog catcher is getting ready. I wasn't even aware he was there. The dog attacks me. And within just a couple of seconds, the dog catcher really literally saved my life. But this, the reason why I tell that story is because we have so many issues that are unresolved of our past. They could be childhood issues. They could be teen year issues. They could be at uh, the young adult years. They even could be adult year issues. Maybe the unresolved issues is a previous marriage that failed, maybe a previous business. It could be the voices of your father that never affirmed you, or it could be the uh, environment or culture you were raised in. And what we don't realize, we're so unaware, is that those become draining aspects of our story that haunt us. Like that guard dog attack I had, that guard dog is just behind us of our past. And for me, and I get very detailed into this story to help people have the courage to kind of look at what might be in the rear view mirror and then resolve and redeem it. 
for me, it was my childhood adoption. I was, I was born, you know, uh, to a woman that was unwed and 15 years of age. This is back in the late sixties Wow! into a home that was all teenagers. The mom, the only mom, the single mom in the house was working three jobs. So five teenagers, late sixties had no adult supervision. That's what I was born into. And at a year and a half of age, she gives me up for adoption. So that should have been the best day of my life. Because what she did was the best thing she could do for me. And the Wade family uh, adopted me, which was the best thing that could happen to me. But here's how my, my inner leader received it. Somebody rejected me. So for 43 years of my life, David, I am building businesses. I am building relationships. I am selling the work that I do. I am, I am yeah. uh, doing things uh, locally, regionally, and internationally because I have this guard dog chasing me of rejection. I never want to be rejected again. I never want to be left at somebody ha- somebody else's house again. So a lot of what motivates you, Jerome Wade, is the, 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 the drive to not be rejected. And, and much of your behaviors are, are informed by that trauma. Absolutely. So here's what it creates. It creates unhealthy expectations. It creates unrealistic practices. It creates unchecked behaviors, undisciplined mindset, unseen motivators, and then unresolved issues. Okay. Okay. Right. And so this is where this is where the audience now, whenever I'm speaking or doing coaching or it's on with the online course, this is when the audience starts leaning in because they're going, you know what? I never thought that would be the issue. Mm. And this is why it's so important because for a lot of us, there's pain to the past. Yep. There's embarrassment to the past and we don't want to have to go there. But when you look at it through the right lens, the past is so important to inform us and our past. I want to say this. It doesn't matter because I guarantee you there is somebody listening right now that they're thinking about their failure and they have seen their failure as a liability. It, it affected a marriage, it affected a friendship, it, it, it affected their career, sure. it affected their company, whatever yeah. it might be. Yep. It affected their life or somebody else's life. Yep. But I, I want people to hear this. Your past is not a liability. Your past is now an asset, right? So I could look at the negative sides of rejection, fear of rejection, and that certainly was like a turbo on a car that kept driving me harder, faster, harder. But then I have to look at the asset of uh, my adoption. And that also created a healthy drive for me. And so there's two sides to that coin that we have to understand. I love that. And by the way, we can't change that legacy, that past, that no. trauma, that whatever. So we have a choice. We could look through the lens of, of the choice you're making, the choice I prefer to make to the extent possible where it becomes a positive influencer on what follows it. So, so now, now the, a lot of the work you do would strike me to be pretty personal. So do you work one-on-one in the work you do, or do you also work in groups or tell us, talk to us a little bit about how you administer uh, the work you do around executive fatigue and human fatigue really is what we're talking about here. Well, so let's look at, there's, there's really three deliverables that I, that I use or three platforms that I use to deliver the solutions for executive fatigue. Okay. The first one is the one-on-many. Right. That's Jerome speaking to an audience that could be an audience of twenty five. It could be an audience of twenty five thousand people. Right. So that's Jerome one on many. Then there is the one on some. The one on some is going to be like an executive team or a management team. So speaking to an organization or to a department within an organization. So where the one on many might be an event or a conference or an association, the one on some 
is going to be a much smaller group. It could be a seminar that we've put on or a seminar that we're doing for a specific organization, whether it's hospital, school, business, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, but then there is the one-on-one, and that's the executive advisory that I do, the yeah. executive coaching. Yeah. And in, in fact, right after this uh, podcast today, I've got an executive vi- advising uh, meeting that I've got, and we're just beginning the conversation because as Love soon it. as I, I met with this client, and, and she began to say, Jerome, unpack this for me. And I just shared with her what I'm doing with executive fatigue. She says, you've nailed me to a T. She says, I need help. And what I'm able to do, if call me the executive whisperer. Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm able to help executive leaders walk through some of the pain and the problems in a very trusted uh, relationship yeah. to get them to the place that they want to be. So they get what they want without losing what they love. So beautiful. Jerome Wade. And the book is called right now. The book is called overcoming executive fatigue. Perfect. So, so it's exa- pretty simple. right down the middle. When we search yeah. for that book, we're going to find Jerome's book. I love it coming out yeah. soon. The website yeah. for more information about all the work you're doing is Jerome Wade.com. It's J E R O M E Wade. Just like it sounds. W A D E.com. There's so much more to talk about. I'm sure we'll do this again. Thanks so much for joining us on the program. And uh, for giving us some insights, I know that many of us are not thinking about on a daily basis. So great stuff, Jerome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, David. I've enjoyed my time with you. Appreciate it. You got it. Small Small Biz America. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.